Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Best and Worst of the Weekend. More on the Super Bowl, college basketball, a sprinkling of Australian Open tennis, Webb Simpson and golf, the Carolina Hurricanes and hockey, a little bit of other things off the beaten trail. But joining us now, a guy who not only knows Andy Reid, a guy who played for Andy Reid, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, and perhaps just as importantly for those in our statewide audience here in North Carolina, he spent a lot of time in a Carolina Panthers uniform as well. We are speaking of Al Wallace. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Al, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me again. It's great to have you. I happened to be from Philadelphia, and I've been rooting for Andy Reid even after he was leading those Philadelphia Eagles just because from the outside he seems like such a genuinely good guy. How would you, who played for him, describe why so many people in so many cities way beyond Kansas City were rooting for Andy Reid yesterday to finally get that Super Bowl ring? I think we all root for good guys, and Andy Reid is, is definitely a good guy. We know what he can do as a coach and, and his legacy and what he's been able to build uh, way back with the Green Bay Packers and obviously the Philadelphia Eagles in my time there and now with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's just a leader of men and a guy that understands that fine line between, between disciplinarian um, as a coach and father figure for uh, his players in that locker room. And you see guys, his current players, as well as everyone he's touched, really root for him. And I was one of those guys. I, I loved playing for him. I loved watching this game yesterday and pulling for Andy Reid to finally cement himself as one of the greatest coaches in, uh, in the NFL history and finally get that Super Bowl ring. Counting practice squads and other signings, you probably represented about a half a dozen different franchises. I, I wonder, there are some NFL head coaches where I guess unless you played for him, it, it seems like it would be hard to get to know Bill Belichick, right? Uh, how, how does Andy Reid get so much love for even guys that he didn't coach? Is he just more available? Or, you know, is he connecting with people at Pro Bowls or, or other things? How does that work? Yeah, I, th I just think he's a, an accessible guy. I mean, you know, some coaches, uh, I played for Tom Coughlin when I was an uh, undrafted uh, free agent rookie in, in 97 with you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a guy that rarely touched the locker room. He didn't pass through. Um, it was always business. It was never, you know, how the family and yeah. kids. And I know he changed down the line. Um, but Andy Reid's a guy that could sit down in the locker room and have general conversations. You just hear his post-game speeches when he's talking about getting a, a cheeseburger, a double, double cheeseburger. I remember that's one of the first <laughs> things he said to me. I was a, a, a thin guy that was kind of a tweener early in my career. And I think he said uh, the first things he said to me is we're going to have to get you a couple cheeseburgers because I was underweight. So <laughs> it's just who he is, a lovable guy, the guy you see on the sideline, Big Red as we affectionately know him, um, just a great guy to be around. And that, that's rare when you talk about coaches that kind of separate themselves from the business of football. Al Wallace is joining us. This is going to sound like a weird description to young people, but Al, wait for this, was an all-ACC player for the Maryland Terrapins. Some people's heads just spun around entirely because they can't put that together. Of course, the Terps now in the Big Ten as Al joins us here in ACC country. What did you think, uh, before we get into the football, clearly, Al, we're a divided nation because some people loved J-Lo and Shakira and others are talking about the decline of moral decency. Uh, <laughs> did you have any deep-rooted feelings in one, way, one direction or the other? 
I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, my wife was a cheerleader and a dancer and a performer uh, at Howard University in, in D.C. And uh, my six-year-old daughter danced the entire halftime show. So I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't feel, you know, a certain way about watching her watch them, uh, you know, in their outfits and their, their their performance. I think we're so sensitive in this nation right now. They're performers, and I thought it was great. I enjoy the halftime shows especially this one. I grew up in South Florida, down around the Miami area in West Palm Beach, Delray Beach, Florida. Um, so I thought it was great. And the message that they sent, you saw Jay Lowe with the Puerto Rican flag. I think there were multiple layers and messages in that performance. But most of all, watching my five-year-old dance around and follow <laughs> those uh, two great women in that performance was all I needed to give you the thumbs up. Thumbs up. In your age bracket as a guy in your 40s, I think you would be old enough to remember Bill Murray in the movie Groundhog Day. America voted that the number one commercial, but there was also the Smot Pock for another diff- uh, another auto brand. There was Can't Touch This for the Cheetos. There was the Cool Ranch Doritos. Uh, I thought the one uh, from Google where the old man was trying to remember his favorite things about his wife. Did you have a uh, Mama Tests the 5G was a pretty good one as well. Did you have a favorite Super Bowl commercial or were you focused on the football too much? Yeah, no, I, you know, I watch for the Super Bowl commercials. I think they've kind of gone away. Doritos always does a good job. Uh, you mentioned the one with Lil Nas X and the dance-off yeah. there. I thought that was interesting. And I am old enough to remember Bill Murray and, and Groundhog Day. I, I like that kind of nod to some of the, the older classics, the great movies. So Amen. I thought they did a great job. Not as fantastic of a you know Super Bowl com, uh, commercial uh, lineup as in the past, but still some great things that kind of took me back to some nostalgia when I was growing up. All right, back to the football. Given that I forget what you played down in Florida as a high school player, but given that the whole time I've watched you play, you've been a defensive player. Were you okay with Patrick Mahomes as the MVP because of those three uh, fourth-quarter touchdown drives? Or a lot of people say, man, they always give it to the quarterback. And whether it was Chris Jones at defensive tackle or somebody else on defense for Kansas City, uh, they thought maybe this is one time it could have gone to somebody who wasn't the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, and and Damian Williams, I mean, what he was able to do on on the ground for Kansas City – you know, you always root for the non-quarterbacks. I think most of these uh, awards, MVP, those things are, they're going to go to the guy who touches the ball every single snap. And he has to facilitate all those other guys doing what they do. So I don't mind it. The reason why I think uh, Patrick Mahomes is absolutely the MVP is because we know how talented he is. We know how good he is. But more importantly, he's good when it counts. And he's done that all playoff season. And in this Super Bowl, we watched him step up 21 unanswered points. It makes him the MVP because when you have a clutch period in a football game down to the wire, a guy you want the ball in his hands, man, he delivered for Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. That makes him the MVP in my eyes. That has to be a hard feeling to describe, right? No matter what level of football you're playing, uh, if you know you have on your side the guy who may have the magic wand if you need it, the way Mahomes clearly did last night, I mean, it's almost unfair to Jimmy Garoppolo, right? He He's 28 years old. He hasn't been around. He hasn't played as much as Patrick Mahomes, even though Mahomes is only 24. Some are piling on Garoppolo for what he didn't do, uh, more maybe as much as rewarding Mahomes for what he did do. There can't be a long list of quarterbacks that you would feel that way about, but what is that feeling like? Because after the game, whether it was an offensive player for the Chiefs or a defensive player, 
they all kept saying, man, as long as Mahomes is on our side, we knew we had a chance, and that's why we didn't reach for the panic button. Yeah, he's just magic. Uh, I mean, we've seen him since his rookie year, and and, and then uh, last year winning the MVP. When he has the ball in his hands, uh, you know, different angles that he's going to throw the ball, is an escape artist, he can run the ball when he has to. A guy like that, I mean, it just reminds you of Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, those guys that aren't necessarily runners but very mobile um, that can extend plays. And in the NFL with these great uh, pass rush artists, uh, artists that they have, especially in, with the 49ers, um, you need a guy that can kind of improvise and make things happen. So when you have Patrick Mahomes, I know his teammates uh, felt very comfortable that he was going to be able to, to step up in those clutch moments, and boy, did he make that happen. And I think that's the difference between the two quarterbacks. You look at Garoppolo, and the play that comes to my mind is the deep throw to Emmanuel Sanders. Yes. That he, he overthrows him. Those types of plays define you, and it defines greatness. Patrick Mahomes made his. He's a Super Bowl champion this morning. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo did not, and he's going to be sulking. He's going to be in that Super Bowl slump. They have to kind of live with that that taste in their mouth the entire offseason. Some are turning the page to the offseason quickly, and that Tom Brady guy actually had an ad of his own. Some were wondering what the heck he was tweeting about, and that it turned out to be a lead-in to his commercial yesterday at Super Bowl 54. Uh, as a former member of the Carolina Panthers, when you think of either the future of Cam Newton or, man, it's crazy. You know, Brady, most of us expect to re-sign with the Patriots. I think most people think Drew Brees, who's also a free agent, will not only keep playing but stay with the Saints. What are your thoughts as the fans here in North Carolina have been disappointed these last two years while watching Cam Newton struggle with injuries? Yeah, I think he wants to be back, and, and it's not a perfect situation. This team is in the re rebuild. You've seen all the greats, all the names, uh, all the leadership, uh, the, the older leaders on this football team. They've moved on uh, and in different directions. So I think for Cam Newton, for him to come back, it's strictly to prove something, to prove to the Carolina Panthers fans that he can still do it, that he can still be that guy that we saw in 2015, not because I believe he thinks he can come and make a difference and win. Even with Christian McCaffrey and the talent they have on the offensive side of the ball, I think they are in a complete rebuild defensively. They have some key holes to fill. So for Cam, it's about proving a point. We've seen a lot of guys, uh, I don't want to say at the end of his career, but at the end with the franchise, come back that one last year with a chip on their shoulder with something to prove. And I believe if they keep him around, he's going to play with that chip all season long. His name is Al Wallace. You can get a look at his beautiful family at the top of his social media page. Follow him on Twitter at 96A Wallace. Says retired NFL veteran, Terp for life, Madden addict, big brother, good son, cool dad, loyal friend, patient husband, and just for today I'll add, a fun guest on the David Glenn Show. Al, thanks for dropping by, man. His most recent tweet, by the way, was in honor of his former coach. Congrats, Big Red. Of course, that's Andy Reid. Great coach, great man, and now Super Bowl champion. Thanks, Al. Keep up the good work, man. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on. You got it. Grant and Greenville wants in best or worst of the weekend style. I think he wants to discuss the halftime show, J-Lo and Shakira. Some loved it. Some hated it. Some were worried about it. You can jump in with your opinion of the game. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Terrell Suggs, Chris Jones, Damian Williams, all getting a lot of best of the weekend love. There are others from the NBA, the Celtics, the Raptors, Zion Williamson, even in defeat for the 
New Orleans Pelicans. He's looking like a star. He had a double-double yesterday against the Houston Rockets before everybody turned to the channel for the Super Bowl. College basketball offered Vernon Carey, Cassius Stanley, and Duke getting a big win at Syracuse. Shout out, by the way, to John Shire and Nolan Smith, the Duke assistant coaches, both missed that game. Shire, who's a regular guest on our show and has been for years, had to undergo an emergency appendectomy, I read. Nolan Smith had to stay back in Durham to be with his sick infant daughter. So our best wishes to those two guys. And, of course, congratulations. The Blue Devils go to Syracuse and take out a good orange team. Ryan McMahon in Louisville went to Raleigh and took out an NC State team that still has NCAA tournament aspirations. Devin Vassell in Florida State went to Virginia Tech and took out a Hokies team that also was looking for a resume builder. You can jump in on the best or worst of your weekend, sports and otherwise, 1-800-849-2761. Besides the Chiefs. Do you know who won big this weekend? I will explain as we come back to your calls. 1-800-849-2761, next on The David Glenn Show. The David Glenn Show, where the great guests have so much fun, they never want to leave. I'll come give you a pep talk before your next show if you need me to. We could use that from you, Webb Simpson, anytime. Hey, I'll be your intern after this. Is anything open, man? We'll take Joe Harris as an intern every day <laughs> and twice on Sunday. Listen weekdays to The David Glenn Show. go get the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. Uh, prime, the biggest one. And uh, might be a double. <laughs> Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That man, Andy Reid, was my best of the weekend. His 222nd career victory as an NFL head coach was the biggest. 21 years as a head coach, 14 with the Eagles, 7 with the Chiefs, 15 playoff trips. Number 15 was the magic number. The Chiefs beat the 49ers 31-20. to They put together a historic fourth quarter to get that win done. 21 straight points against a great San Francisco defense. Patrick Mahomes, the MVP of the NFL last year, is the MVP of the Super Bowl this year. Fourth quarter comeback including three straight touchdown drives while the Chiefs were down 10. Mahomes, Reed, the Chiefs, and a whole bunch of others from Kansas City lead the way for our best of the weekend. NC State basketball, UNC basketball, some are taking shots at either the 49ers or Jimmy Garoppolo or other members of the San Francisco side. I didn't see them as necessarily worst of the weekend. I saw a lot more best in Kansas City than I saw worst in the 49ers. You all know that we are a divided nation over the halftime show. We are a divided nation over some of the Super Bowl commercials as well. What was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw? J-Lo, Shakira, or otherwise, you can tell us now by dialing 1-800-849-2761. I'll tell you more of my thoughts on the college basketball weekend that was. We have votes for from the tennis golf hockey nba and college basketball worlds one thing i promised who won big this weekend besides the kansas city chiefs and andy reed and patrick mahomes and those guys las vegas won big if you go back over three decades and whereas obviously illegal betting is not tracked that would be tricky Nevada has always tracked their dollars, and there are a couple Super Bowls and only a couple over three decades 
where so many things went against the house that they had a net loss on the whole thing, not just betting the game straight up or betting the game with the point spread. In this case, it was one of the smallest point spreads ever. The Chiefs, depending on where you went, if you bet legally, were either a one-point favorite or a one-and-a-half-point favorite, so obviously they covered. But it's something like 28 of the last 30, the house won. And the Chiefs beating the 49ers protected the house's winnings one more time in Vegas around Nevada. And now, of course, we have a lot more states where sports betting is legal. One quick note on that. You guys in the gambling world often talk about bad beats. You could make this. I got this as a worst of the weekend vote. You can bet, of course, on the length of the national anthem. You know, how long was Demi Lovato going to hover on her final word in the anthem, brave, home of the brave? Well, she hung for a long time. It had to be longer than five seconds. So if you bet over five seconds on Demi Lovato lingering on the word brave, you won the over. You lost if you bet the under. Well, Patrick Mahomes' rushing yardage was another of the million almost things that you could bet on. And when the Chiefs had the ball, remember, protecting the lead at the very end because you knew they were going to win at that point, what was he doing? He was kneeling down to kill the clock. What happens when the quarterback kneels down? That doesn't go into the record books as zero yards. If he kneels down two yards behind the line of scrimmage after taking that snap from center, he loses two rushing yards. If by the time he kneels, he's five yards behind the line of scrimmage, he loses five rushing yards. So Pat Mahomes over under rushing yards apparently got a lot of money on the over. And in the normal course of the game, he was over. But when the Chiefs, having locked up Super Bowl 54, asked him to kneel down multiple times, it was actually three straight plays. And on all three, he was roughly five yards behind the line of scrimmage. This must go into the Bad Beats Hall of Fame because he goes from nicely over Pat Mahomes' rushing yards as a QB. Remember, that's not going to be a huge number. Depending on where you got it, it was in the 30 yards neighborhood. Well, the final three plays, he lost a total of 15 yards. If you had the over, you were right, kind of. I mean, he did run a little bit against the Niners. He did run earlier in this year's playoffs to make some huge plays for the Chiefs as they were advancing. So philosophically, you were right. Pat Mahomes had 44 rushing yards entering the Chiefs' final drive or possession. And then three straight kneel downs. He loses 15 total from that, ends up at 29, and you probably lost whatever kids' tuition fund you may have bet on that particular prop bet. 1-800-849-2761. That just sounds like a worst of the weekend. I told you all last week, two weeks really, I felt good about Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. I was rooting for Andy Reid for personal reasons. I wouldn't have touched the gambling part of this game with a 10-foot pole. My, your money, much less mine. Grant is in Greenville. And once in on the halftime show, it was the best of the weekend for some. It was a worst of the weekend for others. Grant, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, Dave. How you doing? All right, man. What's on your mind? I appreciate your show and appreciate your um, viewpoints on, on so many things. And agree with what you said earlier about the um, some of the critics of the halftime show and their hypocrisy affirm that. But I feel like there's kind of a middle position for those or another position of those who may be have problems with with the halftime show it's not not based on a kind of prudish puritanical morality but a different viewpoint from a feminist perspective i have a high school friend 
a lady who's Jewish, a very liberal, anti-Trump, um, pro-LGBTQ and all of that um, across the board. And she posted, uh, uh, it was actually addressed as a form of a letter by another lady that, that I don't know, Dear Shakira and J-Lo, thanks for setting back the cause for equality and respect for women to the caveman era. Standing for hashtag Me Too needs to carry with it a refusal to add to the objectification of women when you're as talented as you are. Dressing like prostitutes, riding a stripper pole, seeing who can outwork the other while the camera is focused on your crotch sends the message that your main importance is what's between your legs. Is that what you want our daughters to believe? I wish you'd let your musical talent shine without compromising your dignity. So I think there is a ground on the basis of feminism and philosophical uh, viewpoint. Oh, there's an intelligent conversation. I'm, a, I'm a, as a father of a 17 year old daughter. I am in favor of an intelligent conversation. Trust me. Where I go off the rails is when I hear how morally indecent this halftime show was from the same people who support the most misogynistic political candidates I've seen in five decades of life. I mean, just despicable. Grab them by the pee outrageous, you know, dozens of credible allegations of sexual assault, and yet that just passes by. Those people are such outrageous hypocrites on this issue, as you pointed out, and I'm glad you did, otherwise I would have had a hard time taking you seriously. As long as everybody can see the, the outrageous hypocrisy there, the holy rollers who somehow think it's okay, it's, it's bad for somebody to perform a certain way at a once-a-year event. But it's okay for somebody to be bigoted and racist and corrupt and dishonest and greedy and vulgar and petty and lawless and misogynistic every single day. If somebody wants to tie themselves into the types of knots philosophically required to do that, more power to you. I just, I just get to call you a disgraceful hypocrite and in some cases a hollow shell of a human being and maybe a cult member on top of that. That's the mindlessness that is required of turning yourself into those kinds of knots philosophically. Your, your point of view, I think, is a fair-minded approach to things. Now, just remember this, and as a law school product, I can tell you that not all feminists fit under the same description, okay? There are many feminists who would say a big part of feminism, feminists, uh, the feminist approach, is that you should not be able to tell other women how to do things. There's no one right way to be a woman. And if you want to be more of a business person, that's okay. If you want to be, if you want to play up your sexuality, you can. If you want to play it down, you can do that as well. But a huge branch of feminism, as I've come to understand it and even studied it earlier in my life, is more about choice and the power of being able to make choices. And I'm not stuck in a paternalistic system of you, Grant and Greenville, or you, David Glenn, hosted the David Glenn Show. I am not stuck as a woman in your patriarchal world where you get to decide whether I want to be more sexy or less sexy. And again, if I were in your shoes or mine as the father of a no longer young but a 17-year-old daughter, we have intelligent conversations all the time. But there's no blanket statement that says, if you choose this occupation, feminists should support you. And if you choose these others, if, if feminism is really about empowerment, feminists, the, the ones that I agree with, 
should not be belittling other women because they make different choices of occupation that they disagree with. If you're all about woman power and girl power, is it only the girl power as exercised as you approve in your moral and ethical approach of the world? That starts to sound a little bit off the rails to me. So I would talk to my daughter, and I have, about J-Lo as a business person. J-Lo as an incredibly intelligent human being. J-Lo as a woman who says, I'm not going to let some nameless, faceless, old white dude smoking cigar and eating caviar in some hotel or some high-rise building halfway across the country. I'm not going to let him manage my career so that I get whatever breadcrumbs fall down to me. I'm a super empowered woman who has talent with my voice, talent with my dancing skills, talent with my business skills, and I am going to put all them on display unapologetically. Now, she would have to answer why and how she wants to play up the sexy part of it, or if you thought she was gyrating, or not you, Grant, but somebody else. Those are all fair conversations. But any feminist who says there's only one way, to me, that defeats the whole purpose of feminism. If it's really about woman power, and they don't need to play by men's rules under the patriarchal society that's been seriously, I mean, real, for essentially the history of time, you know? I mean, not an exaggeration. Women are more empowered than ever, but that doesn't mean women have to fit into whatever box that one or another feminist thinks they have to fit into. Again, I think that defeats the purpose. Both sides should get to speak. I would just hope that both sides speak truthfully. And the truth is, Jennifer Lopez is absolutely positively, no doubt about it, in a lot of different ways, a fantastic, shining example of the empowerment of a woman in modern American society. Now, there's another part of the debate, and it's okay if you feel like she goes too far with the sexual part of it or whatever. The feminists that I know and the feminists I tend to agree with say, wait a minute, why are you blurring the lines on purpose? Let's celebrate her independence. She got to choose to be that business person. She worked her tail off to be that singer and dancer. You're not born with those skills. She worked that hard. And now that she's in the catbird seat, she gets to make the call on a lot of financial things. She gets to make the call on what she's going to wear in her Super Bowl halftime uh, performance. She gets to make the call how she's going to interact with other dancers. You know, A-Rod was okay with everything that his wife did. And guess what? A true feminist would say that she didn't have to ask him for permission anyway. It, it helps if husband and wife are on the same page in a lot of different ways, including that example. So I, I applaud you for taking a more intelligent approach, the non-hypocrite approach that I've heard a lot over the last 24 hours. Those people just make me want to throw up. I mean, holy cow. Talk about selective enforcement. One performance a year pushes your moral and ethical barometer but a daily drumbeat of corruption, misogyny, and bigotry just has you looking the other way. I mean, wow. Wow. I hope you don't die without somebody besides me calling you out on that extreme level of hypocrisy because there's too much of that in our country right now. 1-800-849-2761. Linda is in the triangle and has a different kind of football question as we continue best and worst of the weekend. Go right ahead. Hi, David. First of all, I, l I love your show. My husband got me interested in your show, and I really like it. Well, what you, um, Linda, if you don't mind me putting you on the spot as a female, and, and, you know, I'll be respectful to whatever degree you disagree or agree with me. What did okay. you think about the halftime show? I'm, I'm putting the poor lady on the spot. You called about something else entirely. 
Now, where where I, do you draw that line? I did, but I see, I like Jennifer Lopez. I always have. So I thought she did a great act. My wife um, was celebrating the whole time, too. Yeah, I get it. And um, I, I really admire her. I give her so much credit. And wow, <laughs> I just wish, I mean, I know I never will, but I'd love to meet her sometime. Yeah. She's just got a lot of charisma, and she's great. Cool. Appreciate and that. I, so what else is on your mind? Okay, then, uh, Mr. what do I call you, David or Mr. Glenn? Oh, David, for sure. <laughs> okay. DG, whatever. Okay. Clown, clown who hosts the radio show, any of that's fine, too. Oh, okay. Um, okay, yesterday, and I'm going to make some Patriot fans very upset with me, I think, but that's all right. Um, yesterday, when uh, Tom Brady was up there and talking and all that kind of stuff, everybody was, oh, f falling down on their knees practically because he won six Super Bowls. But wait a minute. Somebody, another team won six Super Bowls this is in true. NFL history. This is true. And I'm a diehard Steeler fan. Aha. Uh -huh. I used to live there in Pittsburgh. So. My brother and my sister-in-law and my goddaughter, her name is actually Moxie, and she lives up to that name. She is filled with Moxie. Um, they live in Pittsburgh, and I know the city well. I know the culture well. I know a lot of Steelers fans. Probably the only difference that maybe explains why they're viewed a little differently, one is that the Patriots dynasty, the six titles, is all under Belichick, all with Tom Brady, and the Steelers is kind of more complicated than that. But, but you're right. The bottom line is they are both sitting on top of the world with six titles. That's right, and the Steelers will get their seventh Super Bowl. I don't know when, but they will. <laughs> and just because you sound like a nice lady, Linda, if you need, like I'm from Philly, so I'm always looking for like a little needle to stick in somebody if they come at me too forcefully. If you need a needle, you know, put it in your nicer way, Linda in Raleigh, your way. But the Steelers are 6-2 and two all time in Super Bowls. The Patriots are 6-5. and five. So let's just be clear about that when we start comparing dynasties. That's, that's the little jagged, that's the dagger that you have, the javelin if you need it, the next time this whole Patriots-Steelers thing comes up. Okay, well, I appreciate it. <laughs> DD, I just didn't know, and I thought I'm going to have to ask Dave and see if, what, he, what he can tell me. So Thank you for I chiming in. It. You have a great show. You too. Linda and Raleigh made our show better today. I appreciate that. I'll bet you she would get along nicely with the lovely and talented Maria. I'm telling you, man, my wife... Don't need my permission for nothing, all right? I mean, you want to talk about girl power, woman power, feminism? She's like Wonder Woman, only more powerful. Like, I'm just a circus sideshow. Like, she, uh, she, she needs me like a fish needs a bicycle. Isn't that the old word that they used back in the 1960s? She's bionic, man. And that bionic woman, as strong a will as any human being I've ever met, male or female, She's bionic. She's super-powered. She runs her own business, owns her own business. She loved the halftime show. Loved it. Loved it. And, yes, we live in a world where some thought it was too risque. The idea that it is a reflection of a moral decline, I think, is over the top. Again, I respect, I respect the narrow opinion of what you thought of the Super Bowl halftime show. I'm not going to stomp on anybody's feelings if they're best just being genuine. You have a reaction, you have that reaction. When you're a hypocrite about it, yes, then I will come out of the woodwork and hammer you for that hypocrisy because I'm getting tired of it.
1-800-849-2761. More on the best and worst of the weekend, Super Bowl and beyond. Where does the Wolfpack go from here in college hoops? Where do the Tar Heels go from here? Cole Anthony did return. Maybe the least talented team in the ACC, Boston College, was the opponent. And yet the Eagles, led by Jared Hamilton, who's from Charlotte, North Carolina, and had a couple dozen family and friends in attendance at the Smith Center, he hit those late free throws. He had 18 points in front of those supporters, and the Eagles got the win at the expense of the Tar Heels at the Smith Center. Carolina again has a losing record, now 10-11. and 11. And you know what's next for Carolina? Florida State tonight in Tallahassee and Duke on Saturday. Good luck with that. More college hoops, more Super Bowl 54, more J-Lo and Shakira, more of your phone calls, 1-800-849-2761. According to USA Today's ad meter, what were the other most popular commercials that ran during Super Bowl 54? And what finished at or near the bottom of those 62 different ads? That quick update with more of your calls next. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? H how does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I, I hope it's not awkward. <laughs> um, you know, I hope it's not like a hand-to-hug-to-hand kind of thing, but I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him. No hands. I think he's so. a hugger. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. All right, everyone. It's a hard hat game out there, but we're the North Carolina Craze. And this is our shipyard. We support more than 87,000 jobs in North Carolina. And last year, we put up $15.4 billion to the state's economy. It's nine zeros, Coach. It sure is. So let's get back out there and move that cargo. At North Carolina Ports, we play hard for our state's economy. Now that's something to cheer about. Check out our season highlights at nccranes.com. Is that new? Yeah, it's a Sonata. Let me pack it. Oh, you're not fitting your car in there. Stop being a smarty pants, all right? Look who's got Smart Pack. Smart Pack? Just hit the clicker. Car packs itself. It's smart. It's wicked smart. And I can pack it anywhere. How about Dorchester? Packed it. Foxborough. Packed it. The Garden? Packed it. Saugus? Packed it. Swampscott? Revere? The Harbor? Are you kidding me? I packed it and then unpacked it. You unpacked it? Kid. Game changer. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That was... Of course, the Smart Pack ad from Super Bowl 54, according to USA Today's annual ad meter. And yes, they ranked the ads, their audience did, from 1 through 62. I promised you the best and the worst. That was the one that finished number two overall. YouTube, on YouTube, it got more than 37 million views, and that might be an old number that I'm looking at. Smotpock ended, remember, with uh, the former Red Sox star, Big Poppy, David Ortiz, kind of looking out the window and getting involved in the conversation. It finished second among the 62 ads uh, among the, those rating in the ad meter at usatoday.com. You can find the entire list. My favorite ad was their favorite ad, Bill Murray revisiting his famous Phil Connors TV guy from Groundhog Day was in a Jeep ad. For those who don't know this, and I happen to have some details because we've tried to get him on this show. 
you all know we've had multiple United States presidents here on the David Glenn Show. We've had multiple North Carolina governors. We've had actors, actresses, comedians, and, of course, all the coaches, athletes, retired coaches and athletes, media members from the sports world, book uh, authors, et cetera, that you might imagine. You don't guess that we'd have an, as many of those others, but we do from time to time, and we always talk sports when they drop by. Jake in Rocky Mount wants to be next, best and worst of the weekend style. Again, J-Lo and Shakira getting mostly positive reviews on our show, but some called it a worst of the weekend. Number one was Groundhog Day. The quick story is, famously or infamously, Bill Murray, who's now in his late 60s, does not have an agent, does not have email, and does not have a traditional phone. The, seriously, as we've tried to get him on the David Glenn Show, Jimmy Buffett, because he's one of my favorite performers, and Bill Murray, because he's one of my favorite actors, are actually on the short list of guests that after 34 years in the media, I, I haven't yet interviewed on the show. I mean, John Grisham is one of my favorite authors. He's also a huge sports fan. And we had him on the show just this December. It was fantastic. So Bill Murray is still on our hit list. He is infamously hard to get a hold of. We did find his 800 number at one point, and you can leave a message. Now, who knows how many messages Bill Murray gets left for him. But the Groundhog Day ad that ended up finishing number one, according to the viewers, almost did not happen because everything else about the ad was ready to go, and they couldn't find Bill Murray to sign off on everything. They finally found him. He has said no to virtually every other commercial offer he has ever had, Super Bowl and otherwise. He said yes to this. He got his brother involved, again, reenacting one of the other characters from the Groundhog Day movie from way back in the 1990s. Groundhog Day finished number one. Smotpock finished number two. I liked that one as well. If you remember the Google ad where an elderly man is honoring his wife, Loretta, and he's telling Google what to remember about her, all of these idiosyncrasies, all of these beautiful little things that may be, as you get older especially, a little harder to remember. Well, he doesn't want to forget those things. So as you have these beautiful photos of them back in the day, falling in love, getting married or whatever, he's telling Google to remember this or that about Loretta. One of my favorites, it ended up finishing number three in the USA Today ad meter, the Cool Ranch Showdown finished fourth for Doritos. Uh, the little guy who ran through all the famous football players and then ended up running into the stadium with all of the youngsters trailing him in the different NFL uniforms, that finished sixth. That was basically an NFL ad, but I thought that was really well done, really creative as well. Dead last out of 62 was actually two of the bottom three were the two political ads. I won't go into any detail on those two, but both sides of the political spectrum were represented. They finished 60th and 62nd. Only the Pop-Tarts pretzel option also finished that low among the 62 ads registered on the USA Today ad meter. Jake is in Rocky Mount and has a best or worst of the weekend on his mind. More of your favorite or not favorite commercials, halftime performances, and of course, on the field, on the ice, on the court matters too. You can be next by dialing 1-800-849-2761. Jake, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. How's it going, man? You got a great show. Thank you, man. What's on your mind? Uh, 
uh, J-Lo secure a deal. Uh, I won't call it best or worst. You know, it depends on your perspective, I guess. Yeah. Uh, if you got a uh, your room full of buddies watching the game, it was the best of the weekend, you know? Yep. Uh, but when you're sitting there with your 10-year-old daughter and she asks you, "Is those are those outfits uh, appropriate to be wearing on TV, then, you know, how do you address that? Well, you probably – it's probably not the first time you've asked something like that, right? If If HBO is on – you might get a similar question. And for the record, I'm often surrounded by women. So this is not just a male versus female thing. Obviously, age is a different variable that you're pointing out. But a lot of women I know loved the J-Lo Shakira stuff. Uh, They see it as woman empowerment, and they can play it down if they want. They can play their sexuality up if they want. I know the options with kids because I'm a father of two. With all things, not just a halftime show, you could, A, not let them watch or govern what they watch, right? If you're familiar with the work of J-Lo and Shakira, this is not the first time in their lives that they have been provocative. So there was a chance that they went across somebody's line out there. So you could not let them watch or, or monitor what they're watching, or you can talk to them about it. And it, it does matter, like, you know, the, the conversation I have with my 17-year-old daughter obviously is going to be different than a conversation I would have had with my 7-year-old version of that same daughter. Um, but isn't this just another example of what we have to deal with all the time? You could be walking on the sidewalk, and there's something that you'd have to explain or that you don't want your daughter to see. And, and I think Super Bowl 54's halftime show was just, uh, you know, another example of that. And uh, they, try, they chose to draw the line there, and most people that I know enjoyed it, and some people I know hated it. But uh, conversations with our younger kids, you know, certainly are not unique to the Super Bowl's halftime show. All right, thanks for the info. I, 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 I appreciate you listening. 1-800-849-2761. It's just a branch of the same tree, isn't it? As I'll put it this way. The lovely and talented Maria and I do not believe that our way of raising children is the only way or the only right way. We don't look down at you in most cases. If you start, if you start impacting others, if you, don't, if you don't teach your kids the right lessons and they start selling drugs at school or beating kids up in the parking lot for school or provoking violence or, you know, male toxicity, you know, those other things, that's on you as a parent. And, yeah, I will judge your poor parenting skills if they start impacting those around them. But as a starting point, of course, there's more than one way to raise children. Maria and I have opted for much more of the open-minded thing, much more of the be with them as they are exposed to various things, sometimes scary things, sometimes provocative things, and talk to them about it. Others take an infinitely more restrictive approach. I can only speak for how it has worked out for us, but we have two amazing young people. We have two extraordinary students we have two folks who know how to treat other people the right way at 20 and 17 years old my most important job as a parent is done they're great kids and they became great kids in part because we believe of that open-minded approach where we partnered with them and talked about the stuff that they saw rather than just shutting all doors and protecting them that way back after this on the david glenn show Roy Williams, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Last year, two chains came walking by, and he reached his hand down and uh, shook my hand and said, two chains. And about five seconds after he walked away, I said, I missed a great opportunity. I should have said three rings. (laughs) 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 (la
Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Uh-oh, we have J-Lo on a stripper pole, says Len in Greensboro. Jeff in Wilmington wants in on the halftime show. Others the actual game, still more college basketball. Best and worst of the weekend continues with my thoughts and your calls. 1-800-849-2761 next. The head devil, David Cutcliffe. You guys have a unique ability to, to just do it right. All the fans... They're always going to defend their programs, and they should. Sometimes we all make somebody at another program mad or angry, but you guys are very fair to everybody. The David Glenn Show.